The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hey guys, welcome back to the break. We are happy to be here, right guys? We are. Very oh, happy, happy, happy. Welcome hey. back. For the people tuning in. Oh. Welcome back from I, yesterday. I thought I like missed welcome the first back. segment or something. <laughs> welcome back. Well, back from yesterday. Thank you, Mace. Okay, so let's just jump, jump right into it. We have. Back. There we go. Thank you, Kent. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today. So before we get into the Giants defense, I wanted to hit up on the uh, practice report. A few guys that showed up on there, Demarcus Lawrence being one of them, did not practice with a groin injury. As far as I know, this is nothing to be concerned about, right? Do you guys know anything else it, further from that? It doesn't seem like a big deal. He was out on the field just now. I don't know how much he's going to do, but um, I don't get the impression this is a super big deal. Now, Dak, he practiced in full, but did show up on the injury report with an ankle. And people so you saw that on Twitter and started going crazy, at least on my timeline, you know, already freaking out. What's going to happen if Dak is not ready? What, who who, who steps they, in? What's were they gonna, cheering what are we or were they worried? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it was a mixture of both. <laughs> but I think I think the fact that he has um, like a wrap on his ankle and he's in the locker room and people see that and then, you know, what's the issue? I mean, he's still practiced with it. He's got something going on that he needed to get it wrapped. I think he's fine. Yeah, I, I feel like he's ha- he's wrapped that thing a few times, like going back to training camp. Stop. It sounds funny. Stop. I, I mean, <laughs> knocks and bruises of football season. He's fine. Yeah. Now, Randy Gregory, Xavier Woods, they are still unable to practice. So it's still a pending status for them. So injury report as of right now, it looks pretty okay, right? What? Can I kind of just say this, though? I mean, and you kind of intimated this earlier this week when you're talking about Randy Gregory. Like, you know, we've heard this before where players like, I'm good. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. And they tweet, I'm good. Yeah. But that protocol is still the protocol. And the fact that he's not practicing, if he's not practicing today, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, I, there's a we've seen it happen before where a guy thought he was good and oh, then yeah. he missed six weeks. Like, yeah. those concussions are – there's it's a different world than what it was – even five years ago, when it comes to concussions yeah. in the NFL, and I wonder, to him. and yeah. I, and I wonder, they have got eight defensive linemen right on the on the team. Funny that you say that because hmm. Dayton Jones was at practice today. Dayton, I don't know what he's going to do. They don't let us watch that, but he was out there stretching and warming up, and he was feeling himself too. Like he was kind of dancing to the music, All and right. he, I, I'm, he's probably excited. He what has was his name. injury? You have to stop. Uh what was his injury? Seriously. Uh, what? It's a Beyonce song, dude. Come what was, his, what was his injury? Um, I think it was his groin, groin. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's, you know, him being in stretch line does not mean he's going to play, but he's. That's he's closer. Working. Working yeah. back. That's so closer. we'll see. So. so, and that's defensive tackle position. Yeah, no, that's. You're and right. Crawford. 
Slides back Maybe. to end. Maybe. I mean, they mix these guys up I know. so much, and it's, you know. But that's that's probably what they would do there. If, if yeah. Gregory is inactive and Dayton can play, then Crawford will play more end. And they could also go with three defensive end, three, three defensive end rotation, right? They don't have to have four. No. Don't have to, but that sounds scary. Does it? Yeah. Seven guys. They're indoors. They're not going to open the roof. We're not doing that again today. Oh my please. god! No, no. Um, uh, moving on from that. I just, well, I just, <laughs> to talk on on uh, Crawford real quick. He, I mean, obviously he's always been a guy that can rotate and move from place to place and all that. But we've seen or talked about him kind of settling maybe more at the tackle position and him working on the whole weight thing. And that was a big thing this uh, off season where I heard him talk about that so much about you know getting the right weight and all that stuff now are you guys still like okay with the whole movement happening there or would you rather just kind of figure these guys get these well, guys out and keep them or try to keep them at a specific spot um i think it's the player would like to be at, at, at one spot probably but you know the the flexibility of the position is good for the the team you know to have a guy that can do that I think Randy Gregory is the reason why uh Crawford went inside is because you know they weren't expecting him to to do what he's doing and and maybe they didn't expect Dorrance Armstrong to, to be at that level either so uh it just made more sense with all the issues that you had at tackle uh but to answer your question the the I think he got his body weight to the point to play defensive end and now he's yeah. an undersized tackle you and know. it's going to be that way. I mean, we can talk about it till we're blue in, the fl- blue in the face. After a while, you just start to have to realize that that's, what, that's their plan for Tyrone Crawford. They see him as a hybrid player that they can move to wherever they need him. And that's just the way. And he even said, I heard him talking about it in an interview last week. He was like, you know, at some point it's just kind of like, you know, and then the question was asked to him, would you like to be in one place? He's like, well, yeah, probably. But he said also the the – fact of the matter is I'm, I'm a versatile player and that's helped me have a career and so I, do, I want my coaches to be able to look at me and say I can they can put me wherever and I'm going to be able to play it and so that's the way he has to look at it so he's probably going to have to find at some point if he's smart he's going to have to find a weight that's kind of in between that gives him the flexibility to play either one because as we've seen here already every year it can be a different one based upon what they need yeah i hate it for, that's his value i hate it for tyrone but yeah. that's life yeah. and yeah i mean there's worse things than not having a permanent job on one position you could not have a job at all so honestly that might be the reason why he makes the value like people talk about he doesn't have the sacks for the money that he's being paid but for the versatility might be worth it to pay that kind of premium cuz there aren't a lot of guys that can play both those positions and jump between the two because there is a size difference. I think the world of Tyrone Crawford as a guy, and I think he's better than he gets credit for, but I'm not buying that. I don't think, no? I don't think they would do that deal again if they could go back in time. But Because you don't think they got the production they expected? Absolutely. I mean, but how do they expect great production from a guy to keep moving back and forth? Well, if he was as great as they were expecting him to be at three technique, he wouldn't be moving back and forth. He would be, they'd be like, yeah, he's our three technique. He's the guy that makes the whole show run. I mean, that's, that's why they did that. They were trying to get ahead and hope that it, they struck big. Kawan short. That's, I mean, that's why you pay that kind of money and which ironically Kawan shorts deal is for twice as much as what Tyrone got. That's which, what I'm saying. I don't think which, Tyrone's well, deal but, is crazy. But, well, 
that's why like people talk about it like it's this terrible thing. Like right. it's not that bad because right. the cap keeps going up. Guys keep outperforming that. Like he's not even close to being the most expensive defensive tackle in football. Which right. so yeah, I mean it's not a great deal, but it ain't not a horrible it's either. not this team crippling problem that some people want when, to make it out when to you be. go back and you think about which position has been hit the hardest in come in terms of uh, suspension. I mean Every year, it's Irving for four, or D Law for four, or Gregory yeah. for four, sixteen, twelve, and four, or whatever he's got. And I mean, I think who, it was four, ten, then sixteen. Okay, yeah. Um, and then who knows if he's done or not? I mean, and all and and all that time, and I mean, not even that. Greg Hardy for six. I mean, but through that whole time, Crawford's been playing tackle, and he's in, and he's moving here, and, he, and so right. I mean, give him credit for that. And that's, I guess, that's the point of what I'm saying is why. I'm not so against the idea of the amount of money that they're paying him because he does have that kind of versatility in an area where they've had so much just turnover and these guys in and out, you know? I really, to be, you don't hear a lot of, I mean, this is the first time we've talked about it in a while. Like, I don't, you don't hear a lot of people trying to get rid of him. You know, the like Brandon Carr was the famous one. Like, he's pretty good at his job. He's versatile and the money's nowhere near as bad as, as some people make it out to be. So it's, it's fine. He's one of those glue kind of guys. Absolutely. He, he, he's good for the group. He's good for the room. He's good for your team. He's not going to be your best player, but he's a good solid player. But again, that's the thing when I think when you have players that are flexible, that have that position flex, usually they're not going to be great. So one of the things is like with Tyrone he is good. He can get the job done, and whether you like it or not, you need those kinds of guys. Yeah. And the whole money thing, I don't mind. They pay him. He does a good enough job for us to keep it, and especially because of the position flex and the quality. Yes, it's not going to be a Hall of Fame. And when you have some dogs but, out there yeah. like Tank Lawrence that you put with him, now it makes it even better. You need those kind of solid guys when you have some really good players that you pair with them. And it's something to watch. I really – I'd be sh- – pretty surprised if Dayton Jones can play two days after returning to practice and if Randy can't go I yeah I would probably play Tyrone at end and then let Daniel Ross and Antoine Woods figure it out next to Malik Collins would be my guess what were you gonna say Nick uh I I was talking about Crawford I'm not 100% sure that he's in the best scheme for him you know, he's in the four. What do you think, three. three, four? I think so. I think, you know, for a guy that's kind of a tweener back and forth, I think he'd be a three, four defensive end. Yeah. And um, I think he'd be a really good one. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know. You and, keep making that argument that they, that they have the personnel close to the personnel that they would need to Actually, to three, he was drafted by the Cowboys when Rob Ryan was the, the He was drafted to be a 3-4 guy. Yeah. 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 And um so was Kyle. Wilder. But yeah, but but for some reason that didn't I know. that didn't work <laughs> out for him. He was better in the 4-3, but yeah. I think now as his as he's gotten a little bit bigger and quicker, I think I think he's still 3-4. Yeah, I think this team's got 3-4 personnel if they ever went that way. I think they could. I mean, we talk about 3-4 defense. We're going to get into that a little bit. You've been yeah. used to seeing the Giants in 4-3. That's going to be weird to watch, I think, mm-hmm. because you've been so used to them having those dominant front four you know, yeah. rushers, and now they're a 3-4 defense, which is going to look very different, I think. I didn't know yeah. any of their guys on defense. Yeah. I mean, I looked at their depth chart. I was like, I don't know any of these guys. It's Yeah, it's it's a it's a different Except crew for the over there. the secondary, and the secondary is pretty good. Uh, yeah. No. That's another story. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, it's going to be the inverse of last week. Before we <laughs> move into that and we go on break and all that, 
I wanted to talk about Connor Williams real Connor. quick. And I know you wrote a story and people, I see people constantly asking about him and whether he's good enough at the guard position, whether he should move to tackle, blah, blah, blah. Now, one of the things that I think we've all seen since he's gotten here is his power that he needs to work on his strength. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say. No, when you said we've seen his power, I was like, yeah, have we? But oh. you said have his he, lack he of needs, power. Yeah, so his yes. lack. So this is one of the things that, that I don't know how much time you really need to get that strength up to where you need it. But I don't, we'll see. But you uh, got a chance to talk I, to him. Yeah, and I wanted well, to see his perspective on, on this issue. What? I wanted to. I thought you were gonna go full AG right there and just be like, "It's not good enough." <laughs> no, I think he's. I think he's an amazing athlete. I'm not gonna go there. I think he he does lack some strength, and maybe it, it's gonna take a while. I don't think it happening very soon because that is something oh, yeah. that needs time to build up. But at the same time, he he has one of the greatest things that I like about him is that he comes back and shows you improvement. You know, he, he comes back and shows you that he is working on it. And that for me, I'm happy with whoever is willing to improve and shows you the effort to improve. Uh, yeah. Well, and I did talk to Connor yesterday and he was telling a bunch of us, I thought it was fun. I mean, you know, you play for the Cowboys when 30 people want to talk to the rookie guard, you know, like that. I doubt that happens in Jacksonville, but um, maybe now. Well, maybe you get my point. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Cincinnati. Um, it, you don't you don't develop strength overnight. I mentioned this yesterday. It's it's a very similar thing with Taco Charlton. Is just you need like a year or more in an NFL program to really work That's that type exactly of stuff. That's exactly what it's taken him. Yeah, no, and no, hundred. Yeah. And look how much better Taco looked yeah. in Week One mm-hmm. than he did. He played seventy three percent of the snaps. Had some legitimate pressures. Yada yada and, and a and a pass deflection on Sunday. That's, All you gotta do is look at him too. Yeah, like you look at guys between their first and their second year. That there's a marked difference most of the time, and especially so guys up front. Connor says yesterday he's like, "Look, I'm not going to develop super strength overnight. That's not how that works. Uh, I got to be flawless with my technique." And he wasn't on Sunday. Like he can be better from a technique standpoint. But the thing I like about him is he's such a good athlete that I think in a lot of the matchups he's going to be in, that's going to help him out. Like, you're not going to overpower everybody. You're certainly not going to overpower one of the best defensive tackles in football. And that's okay. I, I really – I don't have this concern that a lot of other people do. And I'm, I don't listen to talking, but I bet over on Talking Cowboys, Brian's been saying the same thing till he's blue in the face. <laughs> Brian's been trying to tell you about – tell you that about Connor Williams since before he was drafted. Like he's, He was a tackle in college, he's so not he's not going to have the same – Yeah, He's not going to – just dominate people off the line, at least not as a rookie. We'll and, see what happens. And before anyone comes back and says, well, Zach Martin did, you know, that's what people projected. And they, they projected that kind of uh, uh, strength and, and uh, fundamentals and, and all that stuff that he's got for with Zach, his technique for Zach. Right. That, that's why he they could say, you know what, he's going to make this transition without any issues at all. And he didn't, and he hasn't had any. Zach Martin was also picked 16th overall in a draft that produced a ton of amazing players. Like yeah. you go back and look at 2014, it's nice. Aaron Donald was in that draft. Odell quickly, Beckham, like in a matter of four years, they're nice. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah. but even if you redrafted 2014, Zach would probably go a lot higher, even in a draft that good. Connor was the 60th overall pick. There's a difference there. It's fine. Um, and yeah, I mean, may, honestly, I'll even allow like 
maybe Lyle would be better at guard and Connor would be better at tackle right now. But like that's that's that knee jerk type of stuff that I don't like. Just stick to the plan. I mean, hey, I'll be the first to say Lyle Collins did not have a good game on Sunday either. But it's way too early to be shuffling your lineup because you didn't like the way they looked against a really good defensive front. I think patience is a virtue. All right, let's take our first break. And when we come back, can the Cowboys offense beat the New York Giants defense? We'll see. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. All right. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, this sure was fun. Now, I wanted to talk about this face buff over here. From it's Jack good Black. stuff. It's actually good stuff. I use it. Exfoliant facial mm-hmm. energizing. Enel mm-hmm. Chisson. It's yeah. actually in French. Enel Chisson. What does that mean? Energizing. Uh. <laughs> so, um, I don't You guys have used it. I don't yes. know. But if you're a man and you don't know what a face scrub is, you definitely need it because a face needs to be exfoliated. No doubt. I used, the, I used that charcoal soap bar that I got today. Took a shower this morning. It's awesome. The charcoal is not as good as the other soap bar, though. The one that they do, uh, it's the exfoliant so far well, that's what it, it does it exfoliates yeah but this one the other one i'm that i use like it's the smell of it is like it's the greatest you wake up in the morning you smell it and it's like oh i'm ready to go it's like it wakes you up it's it wakes really your good. skin up and wakes you it's good up stuff i awesome. love the face buff I, I like all their stuff yeah, it's, good. it's good stuff good deal awesome um what's their website jack jack black 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 you can Google com. it and you'll yeah. find it very easily. No, it is getjackblack.com. Use the code word Cowboys, Cowboys. And you can get a special offer. They have a best special playmaker offer right now where you get four of their very famous, uh, very the some of their best stuff, plus the lip balm, which the lip balm is pretty good too. Uh, and you get all that if you just yeah, go to getjackblack.com. 
You do have to keep those lips moisturized. (laughs) Code Cowboys. All right. Giants defense. Uh, We talked about, well, we're going to get into it right now. But in comparison to last week, this should be a little easier for the Cowboys than the the Panthers defense. I'm not convinced it's going to be easier. It's just going to be a different set of challenges. It's not this front, which is funny because for so long, that's what you start with with the Giants is Mm -hmm. their front. I'm not impressed. Other, I mean, the obvious, the obvious one is Damon Snacks Harrison, who's my favorite nickname in football. No doubt, he's he's a great quote too. Like he's not afraid to speak his mind. Oh yeah, and he's a great defensive tackle. He's he's your nose in the three four. He's the run stuffer. He's the guy you got to account for. Um, probably, I, mean, I don't think it's all going to fall on Connor Williams. But another thing to watch is just how you deal with another dominant defensive tackle. But switching to three four. The talent around him does not terrify me. And actually, it's funny that you know Nick was talking about how the Cowboys maybe have the personnel to switch to 3-4. I don't really see it because I think the world of Demarcus Lawrence, but I just don't know that he's a guy that I want to put in a 3-4 and stand him up. Maybe I'm – I that's, just, that's how I feel, which Olivier Vernon, case in point. I know he played 3-4 in Miami. He sure was good with the Giants when he was in a 4-3, and – well, we haven't seen him well, yet, right? I, I was going to get to that. Okay. We haven't seen him. We don't know what he looks like, and hopefully it stays that way for yeah, one right. more week. Uh, he didn't play against the Jags. And let's even say he he was going to be a dominant 3-4 outside linebacker. Without him, they don't have a lot else to work with. Um, the guys that are doing that right now are Kareem Martin and Connor Barwin, who Barwin is he's all right he used to be a lot better he was a big money player with the eagles a while back now he's really more of just a journeyman he was with the rams i think last year and then a guy to watch just for the future is 59 lorenzo carter uh my draft people will remember that name he's an athletic freak but georgia yeah he's not i don't really he's the one no he's he's a combine freak and he showed some promise rushing the passer but i don't think he's ready to be that guy yet uh, along that same line, they got an end named B.J. Hill. I think he came out of North Carolina State, um, who looks like he could be something. And then Dalvin Tomlinson, who took a defensive tackle job for them in the 4-3 out of Alabama. 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 <laughs> Alabama. All right, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, they got some talent there, but they're all they're not established playmakers, which is what we've gotten used to seeing. Um and then your linebackers, Alec Ogletree, who they traded for, uh, B.J. Goodson and Ray Ray Armstrong. Right, right. The thing with the linebackers, and again, this applies to the pass rushers and the inside linebackers, is like there's talent here. I don't know how much discipline there is. Like that was always my thing with Alec Ogletree. It's like he's super athletic. He will sack the quarterback on a blitz or just make a hellacious tackle when he diagnoses the play right. But like it doesn't seem like it happens on a consistent basis like you're watching tape and you see tight ends and wide receivers just get behind the linebackers on a routine basis miss tackles uh on running plays especially and the jaguars love to run the ball they had leonard fournette for the first little bit of this game and then even with tj yeldon you see guys getting picked up by blockers getting washed out of the play um i really like the cowboys odds of having success there even though to be fair Blake Bortles had a 41-yard keeper uh, in this 
in this game in week one, which again goes back to my thing about discipline. Like mm. maybe you talk about some misdirection. We didn't see it from Dak and them on Sunday. Maybe you incorporate that because I think you can get these guys to bite, especially with the focus that they want to put on Zeke. Um, Cause I just don't think this is a disciplined group. Having said that without the 41 yard keeper, they still limited the Jags to 3.5 yards per carry. But at the end of the day, the Jags had 150 rushing yards. So I think there's plays to be made there especially if you take advantage of their aggressive nature um anyway i i don't think the front seven is is super special the back the back end scares me a little bit mainly because of landon collins um he's scary man because i know he plays safety but the thing with him is i think he's going to spend this whole game in the box uh, cause that's what he did against the Jags. Like he was basically an extra linebacker. He's in between the linebackers. He's over on the edge. He blitzed at least two or three times and he was just always down in the box. And I really think it's going to be his mission to make Zeke a non-factor. That's um, what he said, right? Yeah. That's what he said he yesterday. Made yeah. comment. Um, and he's equipped to do it. He's a good tackler. He's a smart player. I will say thing worth, I think he's aggressive too. Like these guys want to make plays. One of Jacksonville's touchdowns. He chased in from the backside on TJ Yeldon, or excuse me, on on the on the read option. Would have had a tackle for a loss, no doubt about it. Except TJ Yeldon scored it out to the edge and was completely on his own for a pretty easy touchdown throw. So again, you can take advantage of that aggressiveness. But having said that, you're just talking about smash mouth running the ball right up the gut. I think it's going to be hard to do, especially with him in there. Um, then you got. Janoris Jenkins, obviously, we know all about him. I, I'm curious to see, like, without a Des Bryant on this team, I mean, there's not a receiver that he's going nah, to gonna follow somebody. Yeah. Your Every week, the Cowboys, you would expect the team's just going to play him straight. Exactly. Right? Um, and then Eli Apple, against all odds, would have never thought he'd still be on this team. But new coaching staff, I think they gave him a new chance. Looked all right to me. Uh, starting Nickelback on this team is B.W. B.W. Webb. <laughs> so... Cole Beasley. Shout out to the Qs. Cole. Oh, he's a Q? I didn't know that. Uh, Cole Beasley. It's on you, big guy. Um, and then your free safety is Curtis Riley, who plays. He's going to be in Arlington to use a Nick. To use a Nick. <laughs> or, no, yeah, they'll all be, be in Arlington. Arlington. Well, no. you're right. He'll be in I'm Dallas. So, he's going yeah, to he's gonna, he's gonna be, be at Six Flags over <laughs> Texas while everybody else is at the state. But Shout out to Rob. I'd never heard of him before. He they got him from Tennessee. He looked pretty good in this game. Like he's a willing hitter. He had a pass breakup, and they. I don't know that they play him back there because he's a liability. I think they do it because Landon Collins likes to freelance so much. So these but, back guys, Dak's going to have his work cut out for him. Like I don't know how many easy throws are going to be there for him, and if they are, I'm looking at BW Webb more so than the guys on the outside. Last year we were playing um, up there the. Meadowlands and we were about to time to go down to the field it was about that point in the fourth quarter and I remember packing our stuff up and walking and looking at the TV and Beasley had a really big catch like 50 yards and got down to about the 20 and Landon Collins made the tackle and got hurt and went out of the game and this is now we're at the elevator and we're about to go in and with him out of the game the very next play it was Jason Witten right down the seam touchdown it was the one play that Collins was out of the game. Mm-hmm. They, they recognized it, saw it. Witt, you know, I don't know who saw it or if it was just coincidence. Witten's wide open. That Maybe. was an RPO, too, if I remember was right. It? Yeah. it was like kind of a read yeah. and pull. I and think, was that his one-handed 
No, it wasn't no, one San Francisco. San Francisco, but that was just. The but it was after, catch. like they had, they were bad in the red zone all day. All day. Like they'd kicked like three field goals, and then yeah, as soon as Collins yeah. went out, and it just exploded. I just. Uh, oh no, go ahead. There was an another point I was gonna make about that. I don't remember. I just. This is, I mean, this is so, it's football 101, like it's obvious, but I don't want to man up and just go mano a mano with these guys. Like Snacks Harrison, you don't want to do that. These linebackers will be able to fill behind him. But like I said, like I think that they're aggressive and they want to make plays and they clearly don't respect Dak's ability to throw the ball, according to Landon Collins himself. So and it's, there's got to be some room for some misdirection and fooling them and oh. stuff like that. I just think I – I mean, if Blake Bortles can gain 41 yards on a read option keeper, Dak should be able to take advantage of that. Maybe he doesn't have a 50-yard run, but how about 50 yards over the course of five or six carries? That sounds great to me. I remember uh, one time in uh, training camp with Paul Alexander was talking – he didn't talk a lot to the media, but there was one time where he was, he was talking about all his years in Cincinnati and having seen – different schemes and he said you know every year we knew how what a challenge it was to face Pittsburgh and, and to face that 3-4 scheme and so you know with him and the offensive line and getting those guys ready for, to face that you know I mean when you coach anywhere 27 years you face a lot of teams but you know for a franchise like Cincinnati you know beating Pittsburgh and, and that game is always a big thing for them and, and to go up against that so you know every year they they were great um and so all I'm saying is I think he's got good experience of facing the, you know three, four fronts and what they need to do with that offensive line. But here's there. the interesting part about that. He may have that experience, and now your rookie has to go. Well, I know. That. I, and I, right. I think that's the part that concerns me a little bit because his only experience in the NFL so far has been every day of practice against a four-man front, first week of the season, four-man front. This is going to be the first time he's going to have experience in the NFL against a three-man front. Front, I'm interested to see how different that is for him and how much they can confuse him with what they do. Right. right. I mean, uh, I knew Paul Alexander had never played in any of those 27 <laughs> years. I'm saying as a coach, he's getting his guys well, maybe. Ready. Maybe he played. He's got some, rig- he's got some young guys. How I will big say, 12 teams are, in the, are running at 3-4? You don't see you. it often. I, I don't. I couldn't tell you, but you don't see it a whole lot. I should not in the Big Twelve. You need a ton of talent to run three four. That's, you do. I mean, which that's probably why Alabama does it, and well, LSU now too. I always forget LSU runs. You guys it. go three four. Yeah. yeah, three four years ago. Um, but uh, actually, Arkansas is a three four. I mean, that's how many so wins whole, I think we might have. It's three or four. <laughs> the point it's going to be. Three, we're not four. talking about Arkansas. Okay? The point Nobody I, is. The point I wanted to make <laughs> is actually Jason Garrett talked to me about this yesterday, which is that. No three four team exclusively runs three four anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that, a lot of nickel. Barwin loves to put his hand on the ground. I mean, you're going to see four man fronts. Like, I don't think it's going to look that much drastically different, to be honest with you. But the personnel is a little bit different. Snacks will be lined up a little bit differently than he would probably. Um, so that's the fun thing about three four. It's very multiple. Which Rod Marinelli's scheme is so old school. Like. You're always going to have four down linemen, at mm-hmm. least more. Maybe if they're running money forty-four when it's third and eighteen, but it's much more uniform than this because you see five different alignments on five different snaps. But I don't know. I like this again for the fifth time. Damon Harrison's a beast, and he's going to be a handful. But if the Cowboys' offensive line, even without Travis Frederick, is remotely as good as we give it credit for, they should have the upper hand against these linemen. Ooh. The thing that gives me pause, honest, like Landon Collins and and Curtis Riley, for that matter, like they like to blitz. They'll put guys near the line of scrimmage to help out with that. Like this is going to be a big game for Zeke, maybe just as much as any offensive lineman in terms of protecting the passer, because just 
you know, B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson, and and Kareem Martin, I would hope, are not going to be consistently whooping Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. If that's happening, then that's a whole different set of issues. I'll tell you this much. I was watching uh, Eli Apple, and what I saw I did not like for the Cowboys, especially we already know what's going on in the passing game, but Apple's ability to – follow the receiver and stay with him like he does not allow any separation and he's not afraid to get his hand on the ball or push you down or whatever he needs to do so I'm really concerned about their secondary when you put it <laughs> added to what the Cowboys passing game Absolute, is at right like, now newsflash this is going to be a recurring theme in the in the NFL this year too and the Cowboys have known that since May like Apple's probably going to be – they're going to trust him man up on whoever he's got. They're definitely going to trust Janoris Jenkins. They trust Landon Collins so much, they're going to send him down into the box and just be like, figure it out. Uh, it's going to be crowded, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're just going to line up and try to just bulldoze this front, I don't think it's going to go very well. Can either well. one of those guys that you just mentioned, those corners, pop into the middle – I mean, pop into uh, into the slot – uh, Jenkins can. Uh, Jenkins can. The reason why I ask that is because I believe personally that the best receiving threat that the Cowboys have is Cole Beasley. I wonder how often teams will say our best guy can actually go in the slot and follow Beasley. If they wanted to mm-hmm. to follow someone, could they do that? And would they be willing to commit to that? I don't know if he will because the Giants don't share their game plan. With Absolutely, me, yeah. But, but he def- I think he could. Yeah. I'd, I'd, me personally, I'd trust him better than B.W. Webb. Although... It's it's not BW Webb might be a fine player today. I don't know. I just remember how not great he was he when he challenges. was a cowboy. What did you always call him? I didn't know. That was not me. That was Rowan Kavner called him burned whenever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's take mean. our our wow. second break. And when we come back, I w- I have a question for you guys about the running game and Ezekiel Elliott and get it moving. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. 
What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. All right. Given the Giants secondary, how much are the Cowboys going to have to (laughs) rely on the running game? How well can they run the ball? Are they going to get it moving this time? And how many times are we going to see sick eating out of the imaginary fake spoon? (laughs) (laughs) Imaginary out of the imaginary bowl with his (laughs) right. Um. I, I think, I think, yeah, week. I think they, they know that. Are you guys, like, I mean, based on where we're at right now, are you, is that your expectation at this point? Do yeah. you really believe that it can get moving this time? Uh, I do think it can because, you know, you're talking about listening to what Dave's saying, about, you know, their question marks they have on their defense is, is just how is this three, four, you know, front seven uh, going to uh, line up? How, how do they match up against the run and against the, what we still think to be a pretty good run offense. So I think that the Cowboys have to, to you know, test them and early and often and see if they can do it. And if they can do it early in the game, see if they still can do it, you know, as you keep wearing on them throughout the throughout the game. That's the, traditionally what a 3-4 defense is. I mean, you, you can you can actually, you know, overpower them yeah. if, you, if you have the ability to do so. And I think the Cowboys still do. So, yeah, I think they're going to do it a lot, get him established, and, and I think they'll have a lot more success. Newsflash. Cowboys are not going to be successful this year if they can't run the ball. So I think this is an every week discussion from the standpoint that if they can't get the running game going, they haven't proven yet, in my opinion, over the last, you go back, I don't know, eight, nine games, they haven't proven that when teams can stop them from running. Really, you go back even beyond that because you go back to some of those games they played against the the, the Giants in, their, in, in Zeke's rookie year. When they couldn't run the ball, they had a hard time moving the moving the offense, and they have a hard time scoring points. It happened against Minnesota. happened against Denver last year. We saw it a lot toward the end of last year. We saw it the first game of this year. Until they show me that in a game where they're having trouble moving the ball on the ground, that they can still move the offense and still score points, right now that's what it seems like they are. So every week the, the discussion is going to be, is this defense good enough, the opposing defense, is it good enough to be able to stop the Cowboys from running the ball? And if they are – they have a good chance for success. That's basically all they need to do to screw with the Cowboys. Like, screw them up. Like, as soon as you take that element out of them, they freak out and don't know what to do. Like, they can't handle it. At some point, at some point. I agree with you. I just, no, seriously, I just at, like some point, at some point, the Cowboys are going to have to show the league that they can pass their way out. And we don't know when that's going to happen, There's, if that's going to happen. They haven't been able to do that consistently at least There's over the last little stretch of Really games. only one thing that they need to do to kind of get that going. I mean, it's plain and simple. It's the flea flicker. You know, if you, if you just get the flea flicker you going. You get that working, everything I mean, it's going to trickle. Place. You, you, you jest, but... and I'm, It really is, would be a play that would work for this team. I, who could get down there, though? I, I understand you gotta you gotta have your bread and butter plays. You gotta run off tackle and off in the a gap. Like I understand you have to do those things, but like I hope that they're not stubborn enough to just try to mano a mano. Because I just have I have nightmares of like Landon Collins chasing off the backside and tripping Zeke up for a one yard gain on a play that might have gotten seven, and that adds up. 
So uh, actually, the, if you go watch it, like the Giants did a lot of this. Like they did a lot of counters. A lot of like they don't have an offensive line. Like some of Saquon Barkley's best runs were where you get the whole line flowing one way and then get Barkley going the other. Like just stuff like that. Misdirection. I mean, read option for the millionth time. And I'm not saying it has to be every play, but there needs to be an element of the unknown to where you're getting eight, nine yards on a play that the you know the whole defense is going the wrong way, that type of stuff, um, to complement what you already do. And I think hopefully that'll work better than what they did last there year. There was a play, and I, I have such a bad memory when it comes to like time and what game it was or what play it was, but I remember seeing, and this is not necessarily something that happens very often, but the whole being on sync in the in tune with everybody else where they ran this play and everyone went to I think the left and the runner was supposed to go to the right or the receive I don't mm. even remember who it was. This game? No, not this past oh. not this recent game. Just later ever. On. Whenever. Yeah. I don't remember. It was it wasn't that long ago. It was pretty soon yeah. I don't know the preseason. Whatever. The point is they're supposed. They're they have this play very well planned out that would have worked perfectly, and it would have ended up in a touchdown right there. They were in the red zone, and they all went to the left when the player was supposed to go to the right, obviously open, and he went along to going to the left as well. So, just dumb mistakes. That's probably the play. Uh, that's probably on the the running back then or the back. I mean, if everybody's going left and he went right, but that's. Uh, the infuriating thing about football is like that's every play. Like if you go back and watch that Carolina tape, as bad as they look, like there's like six plays where you're like, that's a 30 yard gain if Dak sees that, or if the ball's placed a little bit better. Or uh, there was even one. I think it was Jeff Schwartz, uh, the you know former offensive lineman. He did this whole breakdown like the first play of the game. If Lyle and uh, Joe Looney communicate a little bit better on their block. Zeke had like an alley for maybe maybe a touchdown, but at least a chunk gain. But it wasn't blocked right, and it went for a yard. Like that's I mean that's the difference. It's and it's it's infuriating watching it back and seeing what could have been. Well, to me, one of the most uh, frustrating things watching the game, especially from the press box, you have an aerial view, and we get to see it very clearly. Obviously, when you're on the field and you're actually playing and eye level. It's a different type of view. And sure. when you see certain people being open and stuff, you're like, oh, my God, he should have made that. Well, it, the view is completely different. Right. And it, it, it's like when you watch a, a karate or karate kid, a karate kid yeah. or WWE or something that you watch a fight and then you think you get so fired up that you think you can do it better than the person and like you want to get in there and do it. That's what I want to well, do sometimes, well, get in there. I've sat next to Derek for downs. years and he's always saying, well, I mean, receiver was wide open. Like, you know, for, from our spot, you just see this receiver running, and, like, that sounds good. And he, yeah. <laughs> but who knows if the quarterback saw that? You know, he, we see it because we're up high, but the quarterback sometimes of, of what's in his face and all that. And my, my retort to that usually is it's a, it's, there are some quarterbacks that when that happens that the ball gets there. So maybe it's just that the quarterback has to improve his acumen so that he knows where he expects the guy to get open and has the ability to have the awareness to see where that You're happens, saying right? some of these quarterbacks just make the throw without seeing it? 
Maybe, maybe yeah. that's it too. I don't know. All I'm I mean, saying they know is, how to move all I'm to saying get is, open. it's rare when you're watching when Aaron Rodgers is in town. It's very rare that you see just a wide open guy running down the field and he doesn't see that guy. Right. You know, I mean, so I think there is there may be something to what you're saying, but I think there's also something to the idea that that means that maybe you need to do a little bit more, True. whatever that is, to be able to give yourself a better vantage well, point or a better understanding it, to be able to get it to the It's like, well, guy. Beasley was wide open. I'm like, says who? I mean, like, nobody knew that, you know? I mean, that's <laughs> his, he gets overlooked sometimes. Yeah. You know, when he's over the middle, that's that's part of it. But it, it is on the quarterback, too, to move and laterally and get, you know, find open lanes to throw and see. Yeah. And we're going to keep talking about that. Hopefully things calm down and the Cowboys win this game and we can start talking about some positive things because <laughs> one of the talk right now is, who's the next quarterback? When are we getting <laughs> I'm not that ready cut? to go there yet. No, wait, people are I'm ready. not ready to go there <laughs> so, yet. If this game doesn't go the right way, the draft show questions <laughs> oh, are it starts already... Next week. When's draft show? When's draft show? <laughs> They're already lining up. All right, well... For Nick Eamon, Derek Eagleton, David Hellman, and Member Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!